Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Johnson Wax program with Silver McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Car New, and Johnson's Self Polishing Glow Coat present Silver McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. but probably you have woodwork that has to be kept clean. So I think you'll be interested in a letter I received several weeks ago, and here it is. I have a lovely 24-foot house trailer with Philippine mahogany interior. This wood is so delicate, water will ruin its texture. So I tried frantically to find some kind of cleaner. Finally, one day, I saw this bottle of Johnson's Cream Wax and decided to give it a file. Result? My walls are shining with so little effort, and very little polish was needed to produce a gleaming luster. This compliment may not be worth anything to S.C. Johnson and Sons, but it may be of value to other housewives in your listening public. As for me, I'll always keep a bottle of Johnson's Cream Wax on hand. Well, I might add that Cream Wax does an amazing cleaning job while it's hot. Well, he said it. Hi. The name, Johnson's Cream Wax. Try some. You're going to get woodwork. Seventy-nine Wistful Vista is not the man to do things by halves. An ordinary fellow might curl up some afternoon with a good book. But our hero goes all the way and curls up with 50 or 60 of them. As we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. Heavenly days, Fibber. Heavenly days. 
I decided to straighten out the bookcase instead. My gosh, I never knew we had so many books. Well, we wouldn't have if you'd return the ones you borrowed. What's the big book you're sitting on there? Oh, this one, I don't know. It's a Swedish book. I can't read Swedish. What's the title? Glib to Hug. Glib to Hug? Why, yeah. that's not Swedish. Huh? That's part of a set of encyclopedias. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. So Sure. That's the one I borrowed from Doc Gamble the time I was trying to find out how to make hot and pepper. <laughs> now, let's see. Oh, God, I wish I could... Oh, here it is. Here's what? The book I got for my birthday last week from old Fred Nittany of Star Rock, Illinois. You heard me speak of Fred. Well, <laughs> who hasn't? What was the name of the book he gave you? Oh, some dull thing about the milk industry in the Solomon Islands. Is that what it's about? Sure, look at the title. Guadalcanal Dairy. <laughs> That's diary. Huh? Oh. Hey, here's a small little book, Molly. 10,000 Queer Quiz Questions. That's, that's the one I got for subscribing to Zombie Comics. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> yes, and a fascinating book, too. Oh, yeah. Sample questions. How do you get down off an elephant? Mm-hmm. Sample answers. You don't get down off an elephant. You get down off a duck. <laughs> you know, the first time I heard that when I choked on my tablet. <laughs> Mine, too. I thought it was kind of cute myself. I hey, here's a book I'm glad we got. What is it? Ladies and Gentlemen's Complete Etiquette. Got all the answers on how not to make a mug out of yourself. <laughs> Tells you how to dress for every occasion. Look. Let me see it. Hmm. How to dress for the opera. Yeah. The lady goes to the opera to see and be seen, and her dress must be adopted with a full realization of the thousands of gaslights which will bring out its merits and defects and... Gaslight, Heavenly Days. When was this printed? 1877. 1877? Well, it's no good now, dearie. You know, the wasp waist has given way to the horned hip. What do you mean, it's no good? Etiquette don't change. I contend that this etiquette book is just as good today as it was 65 years ago. Well, it could be, dearie. But a few new problems have come up since then. What do you Look, Molly, it ain't the petty little petty rules. It's the principles. <laughs> By George, if everybody acted according to etiquette, it'd be a much better world in which to live in. Well, go ahead, dearie. Start the ball rolling. I shall. Well, fine. Now, finish picking up those books, please. The house looks like a shambles. I don't... Forgive think... me, my dear, but I must ask you to leave the room. Huh? Why? would be unseemly for a lady to remain, as I'm about to remove my coat and roll up my sleeves. Thus exposing my nude biceps. Oh! Come, let me see you to the door. Now, look here, McGee. If you think for one minute that I'm going to put on a bustle and sit around waiting for a stereopic and show. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Oh, hello there, Alice. May I come in? Pray do, child. Did you drop something, Mr. McGee? No. <laughs> He's just bowing from the waist, Alice. He's suffering from a sudden rush of etiquette. <laughs> you slept well, I trust, Miss Alice. Plus, well, sleepers, my dear, I was out like a cork. <laughs> the body didn't even twitch for eight solid hours. And I mean solid, Pat. Uh, did I get anything on the amici from the Cassie? Well, if you mean, did you get any phone calls, Alice? Yes, you did. The last one from Douglas. I sincerely trust, my dear, that you met this young man in a proper way. Formally introduced, I mean, to his trustworthy friends or relatives. Oh, dear. Are you kidding, Pat? Why, I've known Doug for simply days. He thinks I'm wonderful. He says I'm the big ripple in his carpool. 
And what is the young swine, uh, swain's background? <laughs> if I may inquire, Miss Alice. Background? Crime and he Doug's got more background than a scenic railway. Mm. And manners. Why, when we're at a dance, Doug never says, let's cut one, kid. Or what do you say we hurl a hip? He stands up and bows and says, with your kind cooperation, stupid, we'll dumbfound the natives with a mad minuet. <laughs> Doug is really an ape, my dears, but smooth. Well, he sounds charming, all right. College man, Miss Ellis? Oh, yes. He worked his way through the university playing the drums for parties. He's a Phi Beta Krupa. <laughs> it appears, my dear, that the young gentleman's background is impeccable. Well, uh, who's second? <laughs> However, and I trust you will not take the suggestion amiss. <laughs> Perhaps you will persuade the youth that good manners demand he refrain from arousing the household at unseemly hours by means of the telephone. Oh, you mean tell Doug to lay off beating his gums over the wire at the crack of noon. Mm. Oh, but I have told him, Mr. McGee, and I told him when he calls for me never to use the doorbell. Well, how will he let you know he's here and set fire to the front porch? <laughs> oh, no, my dear. He's going to toss a pebble at my window. That way it won't disturb anyone but me. Delightful, my mm. child. Delightful. Tossing a pebble at the lattice window of one's fair lady is an honorable and romantic custom, and I thoroughly approve. Oh, oh. oh there's Doug now. <laughs> and he hit the wrong window. Okay. Well, goodbye now. <laughs> and the orchestra and the song of the Volga Movement. Coming through life like an unmanly goose. Now, let's see now. If a person wishes to be served more tea or coffee, he should place his spoon in the saucer. Otherwise, let it remain in the cup. <laughs> so, you see, Molly, you're always bawling me out for leaving my spoon in the cup. Well, that book was published in 1877, dearie. The rules have changed slightly. Nowadays, if you leave your spoon in your cup, you're liable to lose your social standing to say nothing of your right eye. <laughs> 
come, come, my good father. <laughs> Surely one can't dismiss the fact that good manners in 1877 are still good manners yet in 1943. Quail feathers, dearie. 1877 was a very prissy period. Hmm? In those days, a dog would lie in the sun in trousers. Pants were considered indelicate. <laughs> Well, that may be so, but and I... And women didn't have figures then, either. They huh? had shapes. And what shapes? You know, it took 70 years to go from Gosser to Goddard. <laughs> well, I still maintain... Although men haven't changed much, except they were timber wolves in those days. Huh? They all carried canes. <laughs> still and all, you got to admit... Oh, no, McGee, you can't sell me on 1877. You can have your fancy etiquette if you like. Somebody's a door, dearie. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the book, who answers it? The lady or the gentleman of the house? My gosh, I don't know. I'll look it up with you. How to write a letter of introduction? Never cheat while playing with... Hurry up now. Proper manner of courtship. Mm. Get a hurry, McGee. Huh? Why don't you just take a gamble and holler, come in? No, no, no. Might as well do this thing right. Oh, here it is. It says, in the well-organized household, the butler admits callers and receives calling cards on a silver tray. <laughs> well, we haven't got a butler, and would a pie tin do? <laughs> Maybe I better run up and put on my tuxedo. We can at least fix yourself. Oh, for goodness sake, come in. Hello, Molly. Hiya, pal. Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Good afternoon, my dear fellow. Decent of you to stop by. Your card, please. My card, John? Your card, your card. Yes, of course, my good man, this is a business call. In which case, I shall ask you to go around to the tradesman's entrance. <laughs> well, there's nothing in my arrangement with Racine that says I have to put up with this kind of panucci. I'll see you later, folks. No, no. Mr. Wilcox, this isn't serious. Come on. Do come in. All right, I will. And if you want my card, here. Ah, good lad. Oh, my. A nice-looking card, too, Mr. Wilcox. Harlow Wilcox, representing S.C. Johnson & Son Incorporated, makers of Johnson's wax finishes for home and industry, racing Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Read the other side. little verse I wrote myself. All right. Waxing varnish, enamel, and paint keeps home from the age-old complaints of dampness and dirt and it won't do no hurt to mention right here that no wax is better than Johnson's because it ain't. <laughs> Why, that's wonderful, Mr. Wilcox. I saw old kumquat. <laughs> that last line seems to be dragging a busted garter, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Listen, don't criticize me, pal, till you explain that high hat business. I come in here perfectly friendly, and you act like a butler in a bee picture. <laughs> Jolly amusing, isn't it, my dear? Butler in the Beast Cinema. <laughs> I say, old chap, we shall overlook to the nonce the matter of calling cards, shall we not, but what? Step into the drawing room. Perhaps Mrs. McGee will first see. Listen, Mrs. McGee will sit this one out with the boys, Jimmy, and come off your high horse before you trot under a viaduct. Yeah. Look, pardon my Omaha accent, Molly, but did little Chubby here just discover he was Anthony Eden's cousin? <laughs> I shall tell you, old boy. No, you won't, McGee. I'll tell him. Well, he found a book of etiquette, Mr. Wilcox, published in 1877. Frankly, I don't see what the English accent has to do with it, but it's probably just his idea of elegance. Well, is it good etiquette to give an old pal the high eyebrow when he drops in for a minute? Oh, come, come, dear boy, come, come. Don't mistake a gentlemanly reserve for stuffy formality. (laughs) After all, the rules of etiquette say, and I quote from page 42, be reserved at all times. A person who makes himself coarsely and offensively familiar will have few friends. And I unquote. You keep this up and you can count your friends on the fingers of a catcher's mitt. Well, he's certainly come a long way from Peoria, hasn't he, Molly? Indeed he has. When you first met him, I'll bet... 
Hey, by the way, how did you first meet him? Oh, we went to grade school and high school together. And a delightful association, my dear, if I may say so. Thank you. Even though in the American public school system... One is forced to mix with all the classes. No, 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 no. I mean, how did you meet? Who introduced you? Well, uh, nobody, I guess, Mr. Wilcox. We just... You mean you two have never been formally introduced? Oh, I say, old cat. Wait a minute. Married all these years and never been properly... Oh, no. Heavenly days, I never thought... Now, look here, Junior, if you... Please. Don't address me as Junior. That is a familiarity I reserve for my friends. Mr. Wilcox, what? I regret to say, Mrs. McGee and Mr. McGee, that you have taken advantage of our business association. Hmm? All these years, you have led me to believe that you two were legally married. And now, now I discover that you have never even been introduced to each other. What? Yeah, but my gosh, that don't... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please consider our acquaintanceship terminated. Good day. Was he? I mean, uh, did he? Was that on the level? Well, it must have been. He was all broken up about it. He could hardly keep a straight face when he went out. (laughs) This is terrible. Wilcox comes from a nice family, and if he thinks we're not legally married because we've never been introduced, Molly, I'm sorry if I've done you wrong. Dearie, we're both of age. We can introduce ourselves to each other. Yeah, maybe we better. I just look through the book and it don't say what to do in a situation like this. Who introduces whom to whom? Well, uh, I think the gentleman is always introduced to the lady, so I guess it's up to you, dear. Okay. You just sit there and I'll pretend I'm just walking past, see? Shall I uh, drop my handkerchief or something? You know, you've got to have an excuse to speak to me. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> now, remember, you never saw. Well, going through the park one. Oh, pardon me, madam. Is this your handkerchief? No. Huh? Move on, you master, before I call a policeman. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Come on, Molly. Where's the phone? Do you want me to scream? Molly, don't do this to me. Gee whiz. <laughs> Very well. That is my handkerchief, sir. Thank you for returning it. Not at all, babe. Not at all. <laughs> Permit me to knock myself down to you. <laughs> I am Fibber McGee. How do you do? I'm sure. And I am Molly Driscoll. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I'm sure glad we got that taken care of. Now, look, dearie, I wish you'd forget you ever saw that book of etiquette. After all, what they thought proper in 1877. Hello there, Molly, darling. I'm Oh, hello, Uncle Dennis. Good afternoon, my dear uncle. Won't you have this chair? That I will not, boy. That I will not. And such unusual politeness I've not seen since my days as a diplomat when I was in Cleveland during the presidential campaign for Washington. The presidential campaign for Washington. Oh, what am I saying now? I meant I was in Washington during the campaign for Cleveland. Oh, <laughs> oh what a politician I was in those days. The sticky little babies I've kissed. The cigars I've handed out. The ballot boxes I've stuffed. The dirty conniving and double dealing I've done to give the great American public the right man in office. <laughs> Why are you being so polite? Well, he's got a book of etiquette, Uncle Dennis. He's going to be a gentleman if it kills him, and I can just hear the undertakers rubbing their hands. <laughs> Doggone it, I don't know why everybody has to sneer just because a guy tries to be cool. <laughs> I can't leave a guy alone. I just want to live in a house by the side of the road, and I don't mean tobacco. And <laughs> right you are, lad. Always be a gentleman and avoid the use of profanity, which reminds me of my little brother Brian, who had his mouth washed out with soap so often he was known as Bubble Puss Disco. <laughs> May his soul go marching on as he was shot in the fracas. 
while innocently and gay... While innocently and gay and blowing up a bank in Tuscaloosa. As I seem to remember hearing, Uncle Dennis, yours was a very large family, wasn't it? It was that. It was that. Thirteen children there was. My father, not being a superstitious man, beastly to his bones, such as they were. Most of them haven't been broken at wakes and county fairs, jailbreaks, and other social festivities. <laughs> and now, if you'll excuse me... Going out, Uncle Dennis? That's I am. You might let us know if you'll be back for dinner, huh? Unless you think little courtesies like that are effeminate. Oh, I thought I'd meant to tell you I'll not be back. Oh. I'm invited to a turkey dinner with an old friend. Oh, yes. Yes, a former motorman who's about to be made a conductor as they're electrocuting him tomorrow. <laughs> For the murder of the black-hearted company inspector. Oh. May he be made the contract hot nickel for over seven million years. And my friend, having his choice of the last meal, sells roast turkey on my advice, as I am very fond of the same with sweet potatoes. Good night to you. <laughs> of this extremely gratifying visitation. Oh, I did. Hmm? Come, come, child, come, come. Do not be alarmed at any seeming strangeness. 
It is merely that I have until now been neglecting the matter of etiquette in my personal contact. <laughs> I guess I don't dig that jive, mister. <laughs> manners, sis, manners. I'm brushing up on my etiquette. You know what etiquette is. Sure I do, but I don't if you do. What do you mean? Well, if I'm a lady, mister. Huh? A small one, maybe, but a lady, see? Did you get up when I came in? Well, no, but I don't... Did you offer me a chair on account of me being a weaker sex? No, but I don't see what... Did you lay aside that nasty old cigar when a lady entered or asked my permission to smoke? This cigar is one of the finest cigars I ever... Having invited me in and therefore being technically your guest, did you offer me a cookie or any refreshments whatsoever, Mr. Well, gee whiz, sis, if you wanted a cookie, Did you or did you not, when I started to leave? Precede me to the door, as would any gentleman. <laughs> now look here, sis. No, I... no, you did not. But I'm put all that etiquette to stash out of me, mister. <laughs> if you're a gentleman, I'm Eleanor Roosevelt, and I haven't been away from home in two years. <laughs> kind of a little twerp that goes up and spends her life writing letters to the voice of the people. You know, personally, I think she's got something, huh? McGee. Oh, how long have you been standing there, Molly? I heard most of it. Not that I meant to eavesdrop, but I think the child really... Mm -hmm. Come in. Enter, by all means. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, my boy. And a very good day to you, Doctor. Won't you have a chair, sir, and let me take your hat and stick? My hat and stick? You think I came over here to chalk a billiard cue or something? Oh, McGee's merely trying to be polite, Doctor. He's a gentleman of the old school, holding a one-man reunion. <laughs> Just a simple touch of courtesy, Doctor. After all, sir, a man of your age is entitled to a certain measure of respect from younger people. Well, thank you, my boy. That's very gratifying. After spending the day having people tell me if there wasn't a shortage of physicians, they wouldn't let me treat a rag doll for sawdust poisoning. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a very try. What do you mean, a man of my age, you whippersnapper? Oh, forget it, Doctor. McGee's just overdoing it a little. Overdoing what? Come, come, old fellow. Sir, let us not raise our voices in the presence of a lady. It isn't cricket, you know, sir. Don't let me cramp your style, boys. Forget I'm here. Or forget I'm a lady. Will somebody be so good as to tell me what goes on here? <laughs> Either this dialogue's very bad or I came in in the middle of the picture. <laughs> well, McGee has taken up 1877 etiquette, Doctor. Modern manners aren't good enough for him. He thinks Emily was left at the post. <laughs> I maintain, Doctor, that the way... Oh, so you've suddenly stumbled onto etiquette, have you, McGee? Well, I have, by the way. Forty-odd years, and I do mean odd... You've been fumbling along, breaking crackers in your soup, reading over people's shoulders, inhaling your coffee, wearing brown shoes with your dinner coat, and otherwise making a spectacular bore of yourself. And now you've discovered manners. Why, you hopeless little gutter snipe, you've got less grace than a muscle-bound moose. <laughs> oh, is that so? Now there's what I call a snappy comeback. <laughs> You, you, you make one more nasty crack about my manners, and I'll sink my fist so far into your solar plexus, I'll have to wear you like a bracelet. Listen to the poor folks, Superman. 
Why are you talking, little tree toad? If you ever raise a pinky to me, I'll reassemble your silly face till you look like the phantom of your own opera. Well, now, really, Doc. You and how many Marines? You console burglar. Just me, burglar. Is that so? That's so to 72 decimals. Okay, step outside, Doc. It'll be a pleasure. Excuse us, Mrs. McGee. One side, Oh, Mike. boys, please, I was... He asked for it, Mrs. McGee. Come on, gas jet, out you go. <laughs> After you, Doctor. After you, McGee. I'm the host here. After you, Doc. I insist the guest is always right. But the host always goes back. Not necessarily. What are your best? Five bucks. It's the best. Hey, Molly, hand me that etiquette book. Here. Thank yeah. you. Now, let's... Shall I make some tea while you boys look it up? Yeah. That'll be swell, Molly. All right, let me know what the decision is because I... Ought to be right here somewhere. Page 149. Here, on the miscellaneous rules of etiquette, McGee. That's it. Am I in your light, Doc? Not a bit. Not a bit. Quite all right, sir. Interesting book, isn't it? (laughs) That's fascinating, Doc. (laughs) There's items here on page 114. I'll kill you. Uh Says that in a house where there's no bathroom, place an oil cloth on the floor. What kind of polish should I use on floors made of asphalt tiles? Someone asked me that question the other day, and I decided I'd better tell everybody again that the answer is Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. For asphalt tiles, you should use the same glow coat you use on linoleum floors or on rubber tiles. For all of these floor coverings, Glow Coat gives protection, beauty, and low-cost, labor-saving maintenance. To have that protection today is important. To save labor today is equally important. So if you have asphalt tile floors either in your home or in your place of business, it will definitely pay you to protect them regularly with Johnson's self-polishing Glow Coat. There's no rubbing or buffing. You simply apply and let dry. Still, things are wiped up in a jiffy. And, of course, Glow Coat brings out the beauty of the colors and gives those floors sparkle and luster. McGee, do you realize next Thursday's Thanksgiving? Oh, my gosh. But I wasn't able to get a turkey. Oh, my gosh. So the butcher promised us a big sirloin steak. Oh, my gosh. That's what I thought. Good night. Good night, all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.